0: Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show, preseason game number one. No, Kyler Murray did not play, but there was still a lot to like. The player who did get the start at quarterback, Colt McCoy, I thought he was very efficient. The entire 2021 draft class performed well. And, of course, Eno Benjamin, the former Arizona State Sun Devil, he made the most of his opportunity. We'll get into all of that and more. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 453, and it starts now. So walking into State Farm Stadium earlier on Sunday, MJ, much different than exiting State Farm Stadium on Friday nights after the preseason opener. Bird Gang, I hope you made it home safe. And I'll tell you, we don't get a lot of rain here in the Valley, MJ, but there was a torrential downpour Friday night, and uh, yeah, it took me a little bit more time to get back home, but yeah, uh, everything all good.
1: I want to give a shout out to State Farm Stadium Security. They actually gave us some trash bags, and they became ponchos. <laughs> and uh, you know, when you're leaving the stadium, and when it's raining like that, that's at one part where you have no choice. You're going to get wet from the the rain coming off the top of the, of the roof here. So, props to them. And uh, you know, I finally got to my car, and then the, then I'm thinking oh, I got to
0: drive now. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting you know, as we rode our way home and uh, certainly appreciate the bird gang for showing up on friday and that was that was i guess the biggest takeaway for me mj you know we were on the air at 1:30 or excuse me at 3:30 in the afternoon and a long time before the gates opened, but once the fans started getting into the building, there was a different energy, and it just picked up, and obviously they like what they saw on the field, and the end result with the uh, victory over the Cowboys 19-16, but with fans in attendance this season, it is going to be night and day from a year ago.
1: Well, I mean, first of all, no preseason last year, and you know, initially early in the season, the Cardinals had 600 people here from families and coaches and and employees. So it's night and day. And, you know, the fact that he got three preseason games and and just look what happened, you know, on Saturday, uh, on Friday, excuse me, when you you start looking at these um, young players, Zayvon Collins, we're going to get into all this, Rondell Moore, Marco Wilson, Tay Gowan, I mean, this entire rookie class was, was impressive. And I think that's because you had an entire off season. You, you were able to go on the grass. You were able to, they were here for rookie mini camp. And then obviously the OTAs and the mandatory camp, and then that carries over. So. Um, I don't think they were swimming like Isaiah Simmons was swimming swimming in Week One last year against the Niners.
0: Yeah, the difference night was huge for this 2021 draft class and the other young players that were able to perform on Friday night. First things first, as far as an injury update, the Cardinals did have two players leave Friday night's game: Jonathan Ward and Chris Banjo. According to head coach Cliff Kingsbury, Banjo will not practice on Sunday. We'll have to wait and see how much longer he'll miss with a hamstring. String injury and Ward is day-to-day because of an ankle injury so obviously nothing serious so we get that out of the way and that was good because with preseason games the result doesn't matter but you want to come away clean and I think the Cardinals did for the most part outside of some bumps and bruises but let's get into what we saw you want to go offense defense first how, how do you want to break uh, that preseason game down well
1: uh, let's go defense because okay. the second play of the game
0: absolutely yes the and it was the defense <laughs> that was on the field first and that second play of the game we all talked about it all week long who was the one player we wanted to see in action on Friday night and it was the first round draft pick Zayvon Collins and he delivered second play of the ball game he blows up Tony Pollard caught the Cowboys running back for a two-yard loss and I was went back and looked at that play on Saturday and the Cowboys were pulling left and Collins got through that hole before the right tackle was able to fill the hole so obviously it's the knowledge of the game the speed of the game and then the athleticism to wrap up Tony Pollard and bring him down and obviously it was okay there's a reason why they took him number 16 overall
1: well he read his keys I mean that that's the, the first thing you do when, and we you know when we had talk to Bertram Brary, he always says it's about the eyes. And you could see that he, he recognized the play. He read his keys, and he was able to kind of split through there to make that two-yard uh, tackle for loss. And, and that's this thing give you confidence. And, you know, I think Dallas probably had, didn't have their number one starting offensive line. I know they're shuffling with a new center there. But, hey, you only can go against the guys you're going against. And uh, I thought he did a nice job. I, I liked the way he read his keys. And, you know, that's something he's going to have to, you know, learn – especially going into week one with Derrick Henry, and you love to get any tackle for losses, you know, obviously a different situation. But um, the fact is that, you know, he – he showed up, and there was other – I think he played, what, 25 snaps?
0: 23 snaps, 23. one snap on special teams, and that was the other thing. We wanted to see him out on the field more than just for one series. He was on the field with Isaiah Simmons for three series. Simmons, though, only played 14 defensive snaps. Collins, though, needed those reps, and I hope that continues as we get closer and closer to the regular season.
1: Yeah, I believe it will. Now, you know, we don't know about Chandler Jones, and obviously J.J. Watt's probably not going to see any time in the preseason. I don't know if even Chandler Jones will. So, yeah, I mean – it's it's a situation where you know it's you'd like to have those veteran players out there, but the whole idea is to get to week one, and this gives them more time. I got to think he's you know maybe a full quarter here, um, if you're, you're talking about 23 snaps, depending on on the possessions what the Chiefs do, uh, but this will be another great, great matchup against a really good offensive line.
0: Collins finished on Friday night against the Cowboys. Two tackles, one tackle for loss, and one quarterback hit. So, yes, I don't even think he flashed. I think he showed up. We always want to know what happens when the lights come on. Do you show up or do you kind of cower? And I do think he showed up. It wasn't just a flash. It was what we saw in practices leading up to preseason game number one, and I came away impressed. Now, I'm not going to make a dramatic conclusion about Zayvon Collins, but it certainly does be the alternative, that we're not talking about someone who looked lost out there.
1: Well said. And there was carryover from practice. Be, we got a chance to see him, you know, um, making the calls, how active he is in drills. And, again, I don't think it's too big for him. And, and he's got great players around him. And, you know, he, he's not going to go out there and play hero ball. But I do think it's a good observation on your part. There was carryover for what he did in training camp.
0: And the one thing I think we'll have to find out from the coaching staff how he handled himself as the quarterback of the defense, getting the plays in and in relaying those plays to the rest of his teammates. I didn't see any issues, but you know, how did that communication go for? Because that's going to be an ongoing thing where you're looking to improve every single day.
1: And when you're shuffling in and you know out, in and out of players, I mean, clearly they they want to get them out there with, with uh, you know maybe first or second string guys. Well, when you're shuffling players, in that could be difficult because maybe they. have haven't had a ton of reps. One thing that impressed me once he played those 23 snaps, he was wearing the earpiece. So, in other words, now now he's kind of getting a different angle from the sidelines, looking at the call, knowing what the defense should do, and then obviously try to figure out, you know, because Evan Weaver was making the calls after that, I want to say. But I like the fact that he had the earpiece in, so now he can take a different look and see how the defense can perform when those certain calls are made.
0: And he was standing talking about Zayvon Collins next to Coach Bill Davis, the inside linebacker's yep. coach. So not only are you getting the calls, but you're also maybe, if there's any questions that you have, you've got a coach right next to you who is still paying attention to what's happening on the field, but you're also trying to coach up who you hope is your inside linebacker, your Mike linebacker, for the next 10, 12 years.
1: Yeah, and Billy Davis, uh, he does a really good job with his group. But like, You know how I feel about the staff. I think Charlie Boland doesn't get talked about enough. He's uh, in charge of the outside linebackers. But th- they got a good group there. And, you know you, you know, you look at the top three, and I think we're going to see a lot of these guys, and that's Simmons – Hicks and Collins and right now Collins definitely passed the eye test obviously it's going to be a little bit different when the regular season gets here.
0: Alright let's continue with the 2021 draft class defensive players. Marco Wilson who has been getting time with the first team defense. I think he's earned it. Yeah Malcolm Butler did miss a couple of days of practice but he was playing on Friday. Robert Alford was playing on Friday and Byron Murphy was playing on Friday but there was Wilson getting some reps with the first team. He finished with four tackles, two passes his defense almost had a near interception maybe looking back if you ask him probably should have had that interception on the second drive of the first quarter on a fourth and three pass down the middle in the red zone and just I don't know if he you know misread it or whatever bounced off his hands but that was one play you could see him frustrated that he didn't get that football And at the same time I think he certainly performed very very well.
1: You no, know, I think Kingsbury alluded to that he, he thought he left a couple of plays on the field and I'm sure that was one of them you know, M- Malcolm Butler only played one snap. So I did
0: notice that. <laughs> one snap. And Robert Alford played four and Byron right. Murphy played four. So, yeah, there was a lot of time for those young cornerbacks to get some right. time. And l- let's start with Marco Wilson.
1: Um, clearly the Cardinals were excited. Uh, I know there was a lot of talk. When are they going to draft a corner? Uh, they felt comfortable taking Collins. They uh, – they f- Clearly had Rondell Moore ranked very high. So in the fourth round, they did a little will and deal, and, and they moved up to get Marco Wilson. We talked about him playing in the SEC. He's gone against some of the best, uh, you know, wide receivers in college football. I can tell you this right now: they are thoroughly impressed with Marco Wilson, and it's not so much the, the athleticism and, and you know his 40 time. It's more about he has a knack for the ball, and. Darquez DeNard is not practicing right now. So right now he's he's your fourth corner. And so, you know, and he's going to make the roster. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, it's a fourth-round pick. You you always say, well, maybe he's a year away. No. And he's going to be a good special teams player. So he's got the speed and all that, and now it's just, you know, kind of getting more reps in practice. Um, But I can tell you they are thoroughly impressed with him so far and what he's done. And, And, again, we talk about carryover he's had his he's had a couple interceptions in practice he's had some bad balls down he is going against some of the top receivers that are you know practicing daily and so there's a huge upside with him again he's a rookie we'll see what happens i mean he, ideally you like to put him in in different spots where he can succeed but if you do have an injury I don't think they'll be hesitant not to put him in there.
0: Well, and the other thing that stands out about Marco Wilson is just his size. He's six feet tall as a cornerback. Not the tallest corner on the team, but you like to have some height there when you're going up against receivers who are 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", and then just showing some physicality because the game does speed up from training camp to the preseason to the regular season. So I do like the aggressiveness that Marco Wilson shows. Is he going to get beat? Sure, but every corner gets beat. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, though, he's—I
1: mean—he's got a little swag to him, I and mean, maybe it's just because he played in the SEC, and make the, all these guys think that they, they should have been drafted a lot higher. Um, I just—I really like what the secondary does when they come to the sidelines during training camp. These guys communicate. I mean, it, whether it's Murphy, Butler, Alford, uh, Marco Wilson, and, and let's give take, uh, take out a little credit here. You know, he's a guy that obviously is going to be a guy that's going to be on the bubble. Does he make the roster? You know, how many cornerbacks do you keep? Is there another veteran player out there they're going to bring in here? I think Wilson's is, is definitely going to make the roster. But Gowan showed up, and we didn't see a ton of that in training camp. And sometimes when the lights come on, and maybe I just haven't focused on him as much as the other guys, but I, I thought he, uh, he inserted himself to where – you know, you
0: look at the future, he's going to be a guy that you're going to rely on down the road. Had one tackle, talking about Tay Gowan, one pass defense. Didn't see him until later in the ball game. but you look at a snap count, 34 snaps plus seven snaps on special teams. And Gowan was one of those young players that Kingsbury mentioned on the postgame show with Paul Calvisi and Drew Stanton that, yeah, maybe you don't get those big pop plays, but certainly held his own because there was a period there where the Cowboys were targeting. Tay Gowen, and I think that was something that was by design, a young corner, see what he's got, and Gowan stood up and said, yes, I'm ready for the NFL.
1: Yeah, they both got good size. Uh, you know, the fact is that, you know, you, now in this day and age, you like to have corners 5'11", 6'6", 6'1", you got like to have guys with long arms, and I think that's where Wilson really excels on those uh, passes deflected. Um, where he can get his hands in there. he may not get the interception, but he's going to get his hands in there and, and again he's done that in practice.
0: the other defensive player out of that 2021 draft pack the draft pick draft class, uh excuse me 2021 draft class, Victor Dimukeji, the outside linebacker had the recovered fumble in the first half and again it's you're on the field for a reason. take the ball away and we certainly want to see this defense take more footballs away whether that's an interception or recovering a fumble.
1: I like his size. I think he fits well at number 92. Um, you know, he's considered an outside linebacker. The comp was maybe, a, a, you know, a younger Marcus Golden, but he, he's not afraid to get, you know, get physical out there. And so that's, to me, I, right now i got to think, where is he at on the pecking order? Um, you look at the outside linebackers, you got Chandler Jones, you know, you throw in Marcus Golden, you got Kennard, and he may be in the mix there. And they also have Kylie Fitz, who's more of an a, a edge setter on the outside. So how many do they keep there? Uh, because, you know, after Chandler and, and Marcus Golden, there's a little bit of drop-off. But I think he's a guy that and we're seeing him play on special teams. So that tells me you may be a backup, but also um, you could be insurance if something goes down. But also he's involved in a lot of special teams. And when you see that, they again, if you're not going to be a starter, then that's how you have to contribute.
0: D. Mukherjee played the most snaps of any defensive player, 55, an additional 12 on special teams. And that outside linebacker position, the wild card is Dennis Gardeck. What do you do with him? Latest, according to Kingsbury, is that he is ahead of schedule. What does that mean? Who knows? I think they're still targeting at some point earlier than later in the regular season, but you certainly don't want to force it. And then if you do have a D. Mukherjee that can step up and say, you know, I'm ready right now, then you can be a little bit more cautious with, again, with Gardeck and maybe have him as a midseason addition as opposed to pushing him quicker because you need him.
1: Well, I think once the Cardinals break camp and they'll be the 26th, they play the Saints on the 28th on the road. Once they get back to Tempe, we're going to find out when they come out with their 53-man roster. Is he on the 53 or is he on Pup? And that means you have to miss the first six weeks. And clearly he's ahead of schedule. But as uh, Cliff pointed out, you don't want to rush him back. Like I thought when the injury occurred and we talked about in the office, it's almost like adding another pass rusher in week seven. So I'm sure he wants to get back on the field as soon as possible, but right now um, they got to make sure he doesn't have any setbacks. And we know that he's out here working hard. He's got a big knee brace on. So I don't think it's a, a matter of you know, him getting into football shape. It's more about he's got to be
0: cleared by the team doctors first. You brought up the – inside excuse me the outside linebacker and Devon Kennard and that is another player who I think is probably better apt as far as setting the edge in the run game dropping back in the coverage although he did rush on that second drive against the Cowboys and almost had a sack and I think he was held on the play because he got past the left tackle there was no call on the play but he was in the backfield quick and if the Cardinals can get Devon Kennard that they thought that they were getting from the Lions when they signed him and he stays healthy, then all of a sudden you do have that three-headed monster at outside linebacker as a rotation with the addition of Isaiah Simmons possibly in that mix as well if they play more three inside linebackers with Jordan Hicks on the field.
1: Yeah, I, you know, we talked about this. Um, Kennard worked out really hard during the offseason. He spent a lot of time at the facility. And, you know, last year – Uh, you know, early in the season, maybe the month of September, I thought he did a nice job, and and then I want to say he had COVID, and the next thing you know, he was kind of – um, that's when they started going by committee, and he wasn't getting as much playing time. But he he's a guy that plays on special teams too. He's a physical player. Um, you know, he knows what's going on here. I mean, we all looked at his cap number and say, you know, is he going to be on the roster? And the Cardinals never wavered. They, they felt like a healthy Darrell Canard D- can really help this football team. Again, he's, he might, might not be the starter but he's going to be a rotation guy. But they like what he does here. Again, you're not asking him to get to the quarterback. You're asking him to be good in the run support game and set the edge so that, that allows other players to make plays.
0: Before we move over to the offense, anything else to you, MJ, stand out about the defensive efforts against the Cowboys on Friday night, 1916 16 again? The final score and the outcome doesn't matter, but it was good to see Matt Prater kick field goals with a minute 51 to go and with no time on the clock to a tie the game and b give the Cardinals the win. We could talk about Prater a little bit later on, but defensively as far as who might have showed up or showed outs in addition to those young draft picks.
1: Well, Let's talk about the guys that arrived like the, a couple minutes ago or at least last week. I mean, Josh Morrow, we know what he is. He's a guy that, you know, uh, he'll get physical in there and he has a, a knack to get to the quarterback. I didn't know a lot about Crawford. He actually played well. And then Marcus Hunt, uh, he's got good size. All these guys have experience. It's not like he brought a guy off the street that, you know, hasn't played football in the last couple of years. So all three of those guys, they needed them. And I thought when, overall, you know, Dallas, they were able to move the ball But as the game went on, though, the Cardinals didn't give up a ton of rush yards, and that's impressive to me.
0: Yeah, overall, they allowed just 3.7 yards a carry, 108 total yards on the ground. And, you know, no J.J. Watt, no Rashad Lawrence, no Jordan Phillips, no Zach Allen, no Corey Peters, no Leckie two who is on the reserve COVID-19 list. So there are six defensive linemen that we just named right there. So a reason why they signed three players late last week in addition to uh, Darius Kilgore, who was added the week prior. Yeah, and –
1: Again, based on the the practice squad, these guys are eligible to go on the practice squad. I'm sure they want to make the roster. But the the six guys you mentioned, or five or six guys, those guys are are locks to make the roster. So do you keep seven, and then we know injuries occur. So now you maybe want to keep two or three of those guys on the practice squad. and Clearly, they have to clear waivers, but a team would have to put them on their 53-man roster. These guys were on the street a week ago. So... Uh, maybe you just build some depth and you put them on the practice squad, but they are fighting uh, for you know a job here, whether it's on the practice squad or trying to get the 53-man roster.
0: By the way, an update on J.J. Watt. Kingsbury was asked about Watt earlier on Sunday. "Quote: We know what he can do," and then he added, "We'll get him to Week One." So let's read between the lines, Bird Gang, and say J.J. Watts. It would not be a shock if we do not see him at all in the preseason. First time we see him back on the field might be that week of practice heading in to the Tennessee Titans game. Well, I think the
1: same thing with Corey Peters. I don't see him playing in the preseason. He's coming off an injury. He's in good shape. Uh, i got to think in week one he'll be your starting nose tackle. I want to see Rashad Lawrence get back and Lucky too. Uh, Zach Allen, these guys need to get back and get some reps here, but again, I'm not really concerned about J.J. Watt. Once his team breaks camp and they get back down to Tempe, that's when I think we're going to see him practice.
0: Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As we come to you from Cardinals training camp, powered by Cox, a Updates on a brand new feature that is coming up in September. It was announced officially on Friday during the television broadcast with Dave Hatch and Ron Wolfley, but uh, real excited about this. Folk tales, something that a lot of us have been working a lot of hours on this entire offseason over the summer, but we can tell you that episode number one, Legendary Locker premieres September 8th on YouTube, the Arizona Cardinals official YouTube channel, and this is an episode, yes, it is about Pat Tillman, but it's more than Pat Tillman, it's that locker that we see in so many shots and footage, specifically J.J. Watt when he arrived to the building. And if it wasn't honestly for our executive producer, Jim Omahundro, I don't know if this is a talking point at all because it was Jim Omohundro who stopped the construction of that renovation of the locker room because at that moment, what, five minutes or whatever, they were about to tear down Pat Tillman's locker, or the locker that he used, and it was great timing and something that now we're proud to bring, kind of like the backstory to why this locker has been preserved and how it became something that has become a talking point around the office and around the NFL. Yeah, uh,
1: that's a great job by Jimmy because th- that's the last thing I, I didn't, didn't even cross my mind. I knew the story, but uh, when you, for us that have been fortunate enough to be in the cafeteria, it's it, it they have a great wall of all the uh, some of the employees. Adele Harris, Rod Graves, you know, Denny Green's up there. But on the corner is the Pat Tillman locker, and it sticks out. And I'm, you know, even Zavin Collins, when he got drafted here, I sh- I'm sure every single player that walks by there, you have to stop
0: and take a look. Absolutely. And, again, September 8th. Folktales Episode 1, Legendary Locker, premieres September 8th. All right, let's switch gears to the offense. Kyler Murray did not play. He was expected to, yet as we were told after the ball game, head coach Cliff Kingsbury explained that Murray got enough work in practice, did not want to risk anything. And honestly, Bird Gang, if you look around the league, I think to date almost half of the starting quarterbacks did not play in the preseason opener. Now is it a disappointment if you came to State Farm Stadium hoping to see Kyler Murray in the first team offense in action? Absolutely. But do you want to see him MJ in preseason game number one or do you want to see him in regular season week one?
1: Yeah uh, listen this is more prevalent around the league. It, it, it's not worth the risk. I mean clearly he would not they would not call a design run for him in the preseason but let's be honest you got the other team and they guys who are trying to make the roster and Usually, he would be on the field with the starters. That means he's probably going against the starters with the opposing team. You just don't want him to get hit. And to me, he said a ton of reps in practice. Um, I don't know. He's not been on a pitch count. Um, they do a really good job, you know, obviously with the GPS he's wearing, make sure, you know, he's not doing too much when it comes to running and all that other stuff. But yeah, I mean, yeah, clearly I wanted to see. I just thought with Rodney Hudson and that line, you know, go out there and. Do what you do, but hey, Colt McCoy is still learning the offense. He may have to play at some point, and then Chris Treveller came in, and I thought, you know, Strabler, I wish he would have played like that in, in Week 17 last year.
0: Well, let's touch on McCoy because I thought he was very efficient over the course of his three over the course of his three series. Passing-wise, 6 of 7 for 69 yards, but it was his command of the offense, really, and something that you alluded to, he is still learning, but according to Kingsbury, after a review of the film, McCoy, quote, handled himself well, end quote, learning a new offense, and I thought it went very well, especially that second drive that he was on the field for that ended with a Matt Prater field goal to make it 3 nothing. but that second drive, I think we saw what a veteran at that position, the quarterback position can do and handle himself as far as when things go wrong, how to get the ship righted. When things go well, when to speed up, when to slow down, making the proper checks. I was very impressed by Colt McCoy. It wasn't a long time, MJ, but just enough to know that all right, if something happens, and we hope it doesn't, there is Colt McCoy in the background.
1: No, I mean, uh, you know, when you when you always look at you know bringing in a. a backup quarterback, and clearly he's not going to compete for the job. You know, there was a few guys out there, Tyrod Taylor. I thought RG3 would be an option. But Colt McCoy, I mean, just the command he has. um, You can see his teammates gravitate to him. Um, We think he's going to be a sponge when when it comes to Kyler Murray, especially in the film room, recognizing defense, being able to make calls. Um, But, again, I I think he's shown that throughout the uh, training camp. I mean, there are times when he's in there he's under center more than Kyler is, and I don't know – I mean, you're not going to change your offense, but there's some things that he's not going to run like Kyler Murray. He's going to try to sit in the pocket, go through his progressions, and if he has to, he'll run out of bounds. Um, But I think he's really the perfect backup quarterback for Kyler Murray. Again, he's not trying to take his job. He understands his role here. And the more information that they can share together because Kyler's helping him now learn the system.
0: 22 snaps for Colt McCoy over those three possessions. And the offense overall, we saw five wide. We saw four wide. We saw tight ends split as a receiver inside. We saw two backs in the backfield. We saw jet motion. We saw bootleg rollouts. There was no vanilla in the game planning and the play calling of Cliff Kingsbury in the preseason. And I am beyond thrill considering two years ago that's all we got was vanilla and maybe even not even vanilla there was probably no taste whatsoever if you want to go with that food analogy but a much different version of the offense and I do think we will see more because it does put stuff on film to get defenses and everyone else around the league going okay well they'll run this now we got to protect or we got to plan for this so I was impressed by what I saw.
1: Well, we've mentioned this, and probably the first time since Kingsbury's here, he's got the four wide receivers, and we can make a case for, you know, a couple of these um, undrafted free agents, uh, they could go four or five wide. Um, they like, they're like like their top three tight ends. They're impressed with Demetrius uh, Harris. Um, he's come in here and done a nice job. It's You know, he just got here, but they, they like – and then Ross Travis, um, he's a guy that catches the ball, so they like their four tight ends. But I just think Cliff is comfortable now – and I don't know how much we're going to see it but they could run 10 personnel if they wanted to and then you have a running back in the backfield and then that's where you you know you try to spread the field out a little bit and try to attack a weakness but uh, I still think 11 and 12 personnel but like you said they're putting stuff on film and now you got to defend it and speaking of that you know we, the wide receiver core uh, and you mentioned you know Rondell Moore I they line them up in the slot I want to say 12 times
0: He was as advertised, talking about Rondell Moore. He caught three passes for 23 yards. He had two carries for 16 yards. And it was the different ways they got him the football, whether it was on a jet sweep, whether it was the fake to Edmonds and then another underneath toss behind McCoy to Moore, and then he gains yards. That was that was fun to watch because it does give you a glimpse of what might be in store for Rondell Moore within this offense.
1: Yeah, and maybe some people were wondering why wasn't he out there when it came to kick return and punt return. I think they want to find out who's on the roster that can be the backups, whether that's Eno Benjamin, or is that you know somebody else that you know is plays a skill position. Uh, you know, I know JoJo Ward can return punts and kicks. We know Christian Kirk can return punts. And right now, the focus should be just on him as a wide receiver. I feel when the season starts, that's where he's going to get his feet wet, and that's how you're going to get his snap count up by him returning punts and kicks. But I think they want to find out, and including Jeff Rogers, who if something happened to Ron Moore, what are my top three guys that can do it? And this is the time to do in the preseason.
0: Yeah, but I would like to see more get some action in the preseason. Just and we talked about this Friday during the pregame. There is a difference, fielding kicks, punts, in the National Football League. You have more time to wait, meaning there are guys going to be in your face a lot sooner. And then in this stadium, at State Farm Stadium, how does the ball look? How does it fall into your arms? And I would like to see it. I know you get that work in training camp, and it was asked to Kingsbury earlier on Sunday whether we might see Rondell Moore in the preseason on special teams, and it was not a great answer as far as a definitive answer, but it wasn't anything that made us think, or at least I felt, that, yeah, we're going to see Rondell Moore at some point in the preseason returning kicks. It seems like, to your point, what you explained, MJ, they want to see who can do it outside of Rondell Moore because Moore's going to be the guy. Now we need to find who can be the backup.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure teams are going to, you know, when they're playing the Cardinals, uh, they're going to have the scouting report. They're going to go back and see what he did. At Purdue, and he's got the speed and all that. Um, but they do catch punts daily in practice. They, now, a little the difference is, as you're right, you got somebody breathing down your throat. You got to know the 10 yard rule. Is 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 the ball gonna, you know, roll to the five yard line? You got to hit the first guy that's coming down there. Um, but a lot of times it's off the jugs machine, so that's a little bit different. But he's very fluid catching the football, and, and so like that, and went, like we said before. He just needs a sliver. I mean, if he's able to – the most important thing is catch the football first. But if he's able to get a sliver, and that's what they're thinking, you can change field positions, uh, again, I think he's going to – I wouldn't put, I wouldn't show any, anything on film with him in the preseason. I, won't, I wouldn't put him out there.
0: As far as special teams, but there is enough film of him now on offense. Five total touches for 39 yards. And you had Christian Kirk out there for a little bit, had a nice catch on a 34-yard deep ball, but – no DeAndre Hopkins, no AJ Green. So there was a way to get Rondell Moore some more snaps as far as inside or outside. Keyshawn Johnson played a lot. He was playing inside and outside because remember Andy Isabella is on the reserve COVID nineteen list. So there was opportunities on Friday night for different names out there as far as the wide receivers are concerned. But cannot stress enough just how much of a fan I am of Rondell Moore, who he is as a person, as a player. He's no nonsense. He's all work. And now to be able to see it come to fruition. Preseason, yes. But it is a glimpse of what could be come the regular season.
1: Well, it was interesting because, you know, him and A.J. Green were doing some rehab on the side a few, maybe a few days before the game, and he practiced back-to-back days. And, and I, obviously, we I joined you at 3.30 for the early word special, and He was out there working out, and they were stretching him left and right. And I I knew he was going to play based on how he was dressed, but he spent a a lot of time on that field uh, getting stretched out and then running routes. So I I think he had to get warmed up. It wasn't a a doubt that he was going to play, but I think they were cautious to see how he looked because he he was getting stretched out for a while, and then all of a sudden you could tell he was going to play. And so – I was glad he played because he needs the
0: reps. He's a rookie. You played 23 snaps on offense. Rondell Moore did. Keyshawn Johnson was on the field for 53 snaps and training camp sensation. Andre Bocelli, 48 snaps of offense, and that is what happens. You flash in training camp. Now can you do it and show up on film once the game starts? And Bocelli got five targets, caught two passes for 14 yards. There were no touchdowns through the air there was one on the ground and we'll get to you know benjamin in a moment but there is some depth at the wide receiver position as far as okay if something should happen you have guys that you think you can further develop whether that's being active or inactive or trying to slide onto the practice guard. i think i
1: think Bacelli and jojo ward are probably your seventh and eighth receiver now if you'd have told me uh, you know if i didn't watch training camp and you tell me how many snaps Keyshawn johnson was on there i was like oh he's on the bubble no, it's he. He needs the reps, and he, he he understands the offense now. As you point out, he can play inside, outside. He's going to play on special teams. I mean, he's your fifth receiver right now, and so I like the fact that last year no off season, now he gets a chance, and, and initially his rookie year. You know, he played well in the first month of the season, and we didn't see him a whole lot after that.
0: And an additional nine snaps for Keyshawn Johnson on special teams. The only one who played more than that was tight end Ian Bunting, who was on the field for 12 snaps, and Keyshawn Johnson is making a mark on special teams. All right, speaking of players making a mark, we didn't bury the lead here, but certainly as far as the hometown kid, Arizona State Sun Devils' own Eno Benjamin, Yes, he flashed and took every bit of opportunity that was given to him on Friday night in that victory over the Cowboys. MJ, his first game action since November 30th 2019 when he was playing as he said that team down south arizona state <laughs> against u of a but no preseason a year ago and the first time Eno benjamin got to wear a cardinals uniform was friday night yeah
1: and i know a lot of people were rooting for him whether they're watching on television total yards 134 yards was it and a touchdown uh chris strevler led him in rushing 10 for 55 you know what i think he had
0: 50 yards? Correct, on five carries. On five carries, so that's a pretty good average. Yes, that your Niagara Falls mass would come out to 10 (laughs) yards every time he touched the football. But the vision that he showed, including on that 38-yard run, the ability to see the hole and then cut to his left – for extra space, yards after contact, that was impressive to see. And then the ability to return kicks. He had three kickoffs for a total of 84 yards, but it was a 35-yard kick return, a 24-yard kick return, another 25-yard kick return. So he certainly showed something to special teams coordinator and assistant head coach Jeff Rogers that, look, if you're looking for someone who can return kicks, I can do it one I can catch the ball and in two I can make something happen to where we're not starting at the 25 yard line maybe we're starting at the 28 the 30 the 35 yard line and giving Kyler Murray and company better starting field position what a difference a year
1: makes I mean last year you know he showed enough to where they kept him on the 53 man roster but he was inactive every game um, and here I mean I they showed him on television, and you could just see the, the smiles and kind of the relief. Like, I know I can play in this league. I just need an opportunity. And he's taken advantage of it. I think it started in the offseason. Uh, James Sexton really believes in that room. And, you know, him and Jonathan Ward are probably the third and fourth backs. And, you know, Ward's a little bit different runner. But Eno's definitely flashed here. And, and I hope that we continue to see what he does in the preseason because. Uh, he'll he'll make the roster so matters he's going to be active on game day
0: and depending on how long Jonathan Ward is missing time with that ankle injury now all of a sudden that competition and do you, I mean is it is it for that number 3 or do you think there's a possibility that four running backs make this active roster i think four make the roster or it's not the active roster the 53 man roster F-
1: i think four um could be three, but if you only go with two tight ends and two quarterbacks, you can go a little bit heavier at the running back position. You go three tight ends. Do they go? I, I get the impression they're going to go maybe put nine or ten offensive linemen. So if you go two quarterbacks and um, two quarterbacks and four running backs, I think that's a good number. Uh, Jonathan Ward's day-to-day, he has an ankle injury. That's good news because uh, he's another special teams player, and I like the way he runs. Uh, you know, Listen, I don't want anything to happen to Chase or, or Connor, but if one of those guys misses a series or two, I feel comfortable with Jonathan Ward and, at this point, Eno you know, Benjamin. And, and Benjamin probably doesn't get enough credit. He's, he's willing to sit there and take that, that, that blitz pick up and try to release a little bit to where he can catch the ball in the open field.
0: Yeah, very impressed by Eno you know, Benjamin, and I like your word, relief that he had i mean yeah there was happiness afterwards but hey i got the opportunity i finally got on the football field to show this coaching staff what i can do there was a reason they drafted him seventh or in the seventh round yes it's a seventh round pick but you know you you choose players for a reason and now two years later the Cardinals are seeing that yeah there might be something there with Eno Benjamin.
1: Yeah and you know Jonathan Ward's an undrafted free agent he's been in the system two years the Cardinals were thrilled the way he approached things last year being an undrafted free agent and coming here without you know whole entire offseason or so to speak no preseason games but and then you look at Eno Smith and uh, so we'll see but you know the fact is I, I think that they really like their top four running backs and it wouldn't surprise me if a veteran comes out there. Maybe you, you try to slide him on the practice squad just for insurance because we sit here today, and with a 17-game schedule, you know, are you going to get 15 to 16 games out of Chase? Or are you going to get 15 to 16 games out of Connor? Or, or is one of those two guys going to play all 17 games? We know uh, they're going to share carries, and nobody's going to be like, you know, getting 25 carries every game. So they should be able to stay healthy, but we know that position is definitely you've got to have the longevity to last an entire season.
0: Cardinals cover two presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. couple quick negative moments from Friday. One, Max Williams, who has had an outstanding training camp, fumbles, had the ball stripped or ripped out of his hands on that opening drive. And then the second offensive possession, both D.J. Humphreys and Rodney Hudson get called for false starts. Now, with Hudson, it was a snap infraction, which certainly looked weird in real time. And then looking at the replay, it certainly seemed that Hudson snapped the ball when he saw a Cowboys defender jump into the neutral zone. Now, it wasn't caught. Hudson was caught and flagged. And we talk about penalties and we talk about turnovers and hurting yourself and that can't happen to this offense in the regular season. And the fact that it was Rodney Hudson who gets penalized who didn't have a single penalty all of last year, um, you know, we, we always make fun of uh, or talk about, you know, is that irony, ironic? It, it, maybe it was a little irony. I'll have to check with uh, Vice President of Media Relations, Mark Dalton, for the uh, proper <laughs> definition of that. But you know, you don't want to see it happen. But if it is, because it's a brand-new offensive line, new quarterback, that center quarterback relationship – Get it out of the way right now. Amen. Um, you would have thought some
1: of the younger players would have penalties, even a guy like Josh Jones, because this is the first time he's going to get a chance to start. And, you know, the Cowboys do have a you know a good front four. I don't know if they rotated players there, but you would have thought it came from a younger player. I'm not concerned about
0: Humphreys or Hudson. Yeah, I, I, I'm not either. It was just – it gets magnified because you keep talking about it and harping on it and then all of a sudden turnover, back to back penalties. Though yeah. they wanted the back to back penalties, but all of a sudden you're going backwards and, you know, that luckily that second drive ended with a field goal and Colt McCoy was able to settle things down and it looked much better but just the initial like oh well oh, oh. Did anything get corrected in the offseason? That's what no, I, you're I, left I'm, asking.
1: But it's a fair point, Greg. I don't want to overlook it because that's been a point of emphasis in training camp. You jump off sides, you go out for a play. And and you know, we're not seeing so many guys jump off sides. I don't know the situation when it, to where, you know, maybe they didn't get the call or it, like you said it was kind of a you know an interesting call where he was called on Hudson's penalty. But – like I said, it's going to happen. Hopefully you get it out of, out of the way right now um, because you, that can hurt you. We, we talk about, you know, first and five or first and ten, and then all of a sudden it's first and 15, and if it's a holding penalty, it's first and 20. Not Now all of a sudden – which your plan going into that drive has completely changed. But I'm confident when it comes to Hudson and D.J. Humphreys, we know that Hump's been very consistent over the years.
0: The last player that deserves to be spotlighted here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As we look back at Friday night's preseason opener, 1916 Cardinals beat the Cowboys, Matt Prater. No, results don't matter, but I do think outcomes in this case because Prater not only 4-4 on field goals, but he tied the ball game up at 16 apiece with a minute 51 to go on a 48-yard field goal. Won the game as time expired with a 47-yard field goal that just snuck through the left upright. And as Dave Pass said on the TV broadcast, quote, that's why they got him. And, yes, how many games are won and lost on field goals? There were a couple last year that kept the Cardinals out of the postseason, but you have a solid field goal kicker. This team all of a sudden can be in games and win close games, win one-possession games as opposed to walking off the field because a kicker did not do their job. Two
1: things come to mind there. Situational football, and they finished, and that was an issue last year. So Matt Prater – the way I look at it, you look at the off additions and how much of an impact these players could have. Hudson, Watt, A.J. Green, Collins, Moore, and Prater. Those are additions that that were not on the roster a year ago, and they're going to have some impact plays this year. Um, with the guys I mentioned. So, listen, he's he's very consistent. Um, you know, you look at his numbers, he's really, he really has a strong leg. He can kick from 50-plus, um, but he's been very consistent in training camp. Um, and the fact that they – what was it, two field goals in like two minutes and 17 seconds? Correct.
0: Two minutes or two field goals in under two minutes. Wow. So, and but that, that was
1: and, – And we didn't we haven't talked about Chris Trevler yet.
0: Well, yeah, and I just – I, I honestly don't want to see Chris Trevler on the field this season. No, but I'm saying I, I, he was
1: night and day from how he played last year again. Practice squad guy, uh, I don't want to see him, but you gotta, you got to have a quarterback that can play. And he definitely – he's a tough guy. You see him running in the open field, he's dropping his shoulder.
0: Yeah, because that's what he does well. Yeah,
1: exactly. And they should have ran him last year. But I don't want to go back to last year. I'm just saying you have to ha- – you don't want Kyler out there. You don't want Colt McCoy in these second halves. The only way he's going to get better is playing against NFL talent.
0: And Hill is going to see a lot of time, probably will play the entire second half against the Chiefs, might even play the entire game against the Saints on the 28th because, yeah, game reps are going to matter.
1: Well, and and he's, you know, you could see the improvement. Again, I don't want to see him. um, He's not the Tyson Hill where he's going to be active, but he's going to run the scout team, and he's going to get the defense fits during the season.
0: Cardinals back on the practice field on Sunday. A.J. Green doing some individual work. DeAndre Hopkins, Jordan Phillips, Darquez, Denard still absent, but uh, that – Again, minor issues, minor deals, as head coach Cliff Kingsbury likes to describe. I don't think there's anything to worry about as far as long-term injuries for this team.
1: And that's the good news. You're going to have nagging injuries. Um, you know, it's a grind. For the, coming off their first game, even though they played a ton of snaps, I'm sure some guys are banged up, not feeling maybe just bumps and bruises. But if you're Darquez Denard, you better get on the field. And, again, I don't know the injury, so, I'm, you know, we'll see how it – he's got two more preseason games, the team's going to break camp.
0: But lurking is Marco Wilson. Yeah, especially if he continues to impress as he did on Friday night against the Cowboys and the next opportunity for the Cardinals – Friday night against the Kansas City Chiefs, nationally televised on ESPN. Locally, I believe it's on Fox 10, at least according to my DVR. That's what it's scheduled. 5 p.m. kickoff and, of course, 1.30 pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. We'll get more into that as the week progresses. Maybe head coach Cliff Kingsbury will open up the door on what he hopes to see out of some players and maybe how much we might see Kyla Murray come Friday night now I was
1: going to ask you what what is your uh prognostication Murray play or no
0: I think he does play and maybe a series or two but not more than that outside of just kind of getting the rust off and then some game reps with a new offensive line or at least a new center that's just my guess
1: yeah I, I don't have any insight I was surprised I thought he was going to play um they know more than we do and Cliff uh, explained why he didn't play uh, I'm not in a hurry to put him out there. I can tell you that.
0: No, you want to see him on week one. You don't really care about the preseason here in August. Let's just get to September with Kyler Murray. And That's why else. they got Chris Strebler. Absolutely. Mandatory <laughs> leveler, as Paul Calvisi likes to say. <laughs> on that note, we'll put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Amahandro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.